I'm Sade. Welcome to It's Your Life, where amazing things happen only if you let them. This episode, my very, very special guest is Kayla Nedza. Kayla is a certified international health coach and holistic nutritionist who is dedicated to helping high-performing women create lasting calm with food, movement, and lifestyle through her company, Woman Creating Calm. Drawing heavily from both her clients and personal experiences, as well as her studies, Kayla presents a practical and realistic approach to stress management and performance optimization. She hosts the Wellness Glow Up podcast, a weekly show devoted to helping women of color become their healthiest selves by providing the tools and knowledge to be their own health advocates. When she's not researching, coaching, and interviewing health professionals, you'll find her weightlifting, twerking around the kitchen, and watching or watching Grey's Anatomy. And Kayla, welcome to the show. Hey, welcome. I, I love being introduced as a very, very special guest. Or Duh. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and today, there's like so many topics that I want to talk about because as I was like just looking through your stuff and looking at your work, I was like, okay, at first we're going to talk about sort of cultivating conscious relationships and how for us as ourselves, how to, how to connect with our highest self. But having read about your background and you're obviously a holistic um, health coach, what really stood out to me because I've been dealing with these issues in, in terms of like stress, when stress manifests into other like physical health issues and issues like leaky gut, candida overgrowth for women um, and just how to, how, to, how to have a holistic approach and when we're talking about wellness in general. Um, and I really want you to touch on that because I know that you had worked in corporate for a long time and really struggled with your identity. And these are things that you've been able to create your own self and to be to have this holistic approach to wellness. So I definitely wanted to talk about that part about the health issues, especially for women. And that's so important that we don't realize until it hopefully is not too late. Right, right. And it's something that I think that Again, once you have, or once you're at least conscious of it, um, it becomes a lot easier once you can recognize it and address it. Absolutely. When it comes to the actual like physical effects of stress and it manifesting into other health issues, um, can you talk a little bit more about that, whether it's talking specifically about the issues that I mentioned before with leaky gut and candida overgrowth, or just more specifically about how we as women and also just general people to be more conscious of those um, manifestations and how that affects our physical health and well-being? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a loaded question, but I, I think uh, the place that I'll start here is um, is I really see it as levels of, mm. uh, of stress and levels of manifestation. So I think there's like a level one, a level two, and a level three. Um, and when you don't uh, address everything in level one, you get to level two. And then, you know, one of my favorite um, phrases is the universe will continue to throw pebbles at you until you uh, eventually get a boulder and those rocks become too big to ignore. So really with the, the first level of, of stress, what, um, what I see, what I saw with myself, or not only myself, with my clients is, you know, just just really interesting headaches, like, and I say like eyeball headaches, where like your eyes just really start to hurt and you have these like, just like really a lot of a, ten- a lot of tension in your um, in your forehead, 
your shoulders are really, really tense. So you may just feel like you're on edge and then your shoulders start to hurt a little bit or maybe start to become a little bit sore because you're like clenching them all the time. Mm. Um, and it can also manifest into, you know, some sort of, um, um, some sort of just lack of energy and you are super gassed all the time and you could sleep like 12, 14 hours and get up the next day and you're still not recharged. Um, so that's kind of a level one tier of how I like to think about it. Level two is when things start to get a little bit more interesting and that's when, um, you know, some of the, the general gut issues start to come into play. But what's interesting about uh, the gut stuff is that the majority of the time, not only is it impacted by the stress, but there's other things related to it. So, for example, one thing that happened to me is um, because I was so stressed, I started binge eating, and I um, and I was a binge eater for a long time. And so, um, if you know anything about binge eating, you know it's it's something that I that you do in, in secrecy or you, you kind of do in private, to where I was like really on point in front of everybody, but then like I would go home and like binge a whole um, mm. you know box of cookies or plate of cookies or, or what have it. So what happened is that because I was eating such a high sugar diet, that's when the gut issues start to accumulate because you know that's not something I was necessarily new to, or it was it was something that it was something that became. Um, something that was more of my, my daily life that wasn't a part of it before. So um, it was just more of, again, a high sugar diet. I was also not eating a ton of protein. I wasn't eating a ton of fat. So, you know, my, my, uh, my ratio uh, was super, super high carb, and my body in particular just did not like it. And it was not only, you know, a high sugar diet, but it was a high processed sugar diet. So mm-hmm. um, it definitely started to manifest as, as gut issues for sure, only exacerbated by the amount of stress and the amount of tension that I literally had in, um, in my body that, like, really manifested in my gut. Um, and in my stomach, so I literally felt like I would like keel over at any point because I had such amount, I had such amount, such a high tense, um, a highly tense stomach, um, which like you could feel when you have that. Yeah, absolutely. So that was kind of level two, and then and then level three was when things start to become interesting. That's when your hormones are all thrown off, and you know that's, that's something that happened with me where I, I, just, I just lost my period. Um, I didn't have a period for about a year, and then I really started getting to the more advanced gut, gut issues. And I think candida is kind of like a level two. You know, you can level – everybody has candida, um, but when we talk about, like, candida, it's more of a candida overgrowth, so there's an imbalance there. Um, but when you start to get to level three, you started to get you started getting to, like, SIBO and parasites and, and all that fun stuff, which, I, uh, which I've had. Um, and then you get into the hormone imbalance where, again, um, if your hormones are imbalanced, then you have the potential to lose your period, which I did. Um, and so that's kind of like your high tier, like, all right, this is becoming, you know, something that you cannot ignore anymore. Um, but it's just the, the building upon each level and each step. But, yeah, at the end of the day, it's something that um, when you really start to see those symptoms and start to see those things when you're, like, level one, that's when you really need to start paying attention to them. And can you repeat level one? I was taking notes and just listening in, but level two was about stress where you were binge eating, eating high sugar diet, um, candida, and then level three was more with hormonal imbalances, losing your period, possible parasites, things like that. But then level one, if you could just remind me of what that looks like. Yeah, level one is just uh, it's just uh, the more simplistic way to look at it in terms of like you, I have what you call like eyeball headaches where you know your, your eyes start to hurt, you have like tension in the middle of your forehead, your shoulders are really, really tense, and I feel like, um, like you're like, like kind of worked out in the sense that like they're so tense that um, that they're just uh, the muscles are contracting to where um, like once you start to release them, they start you start to feel a little bit better. But um, really, it's just the initial um, 
symptoms of, you know, the eye headaches and the tension in the shoulders. And even you can have some kind of back pain, too, where it's just like your back starts to hurt a little bit because um, sometimes you're hunched over and you're literally like clenching your back. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and just being aware of those stressors that show up on your face or there's like where areas in your body where you're holding tension or stress. Right. Right. And again, it's, it's something where <laughs> you, I think that sometimes we can forget that um, to breathe to where mm-hmm. like even at that level one or at, at that specific uh, at that specific level, like just being able to breathe and like just release some of your body. Can, can yeah. Be really, really yeah. To give your body some space and some room and just pack light really um, and to not hold on to things as much. Um, and for you, right. was it with your health and you, as you were talking about that period in time where it was all deteriorate, deteriorating to a point, what was that point where you're like, I need to go to a doctor or I need to actually take a more holistic approach, um, to how I take care of myself and my body? Was it until things got to that point and then you sort of had to take a step back with everything? Oh yeah, it got to uh, to the pinnacle. So there was there was a while. I mean, I mean, I would say most of my health issues started in college when uh, when I first it was probably freshman year when uh, the amount of uh, stress that I was getting in college um, with the with the higher workload and just really feeling like as a woman of color, I needed to overperform and make sure that make sure that like I was at the top of my class and I didn't want to fall behind. So there's that that perception there, but. Um, so it kind of really started my freshman year of college and then kind of continued throughout after college when I was working in corporate America and, um, and you know, having multiple jobs. But really kind of the pinnacle was um, my mom had passed away. She passed away about five years ago at this point. And, um, and it was kind of a shock to everybody, um, especially my family, um, to where it became something where I pushed all of my feelings down and I didn't let mm-hmm. myself feel all of the feelings and um, so I pushed it away, pushed it away to where um, at that point I had moved away. I moved um, back to the East Coast. I was in the Midwest at that point, and I moved back to the East Coast, and I was kind of by myself. You know, my family was still, was still in the Midwest. I didn't have a ton of friends um, coming back to, to the East Coast because I, I originally grew up in the East Coast to where, you know, I was by myself a lot, but then I realized <laughs> I didn't like being by myself, so I threw myself into work. And I threw into myself into, you know, working really, really hard. And so I'd work like 14-hour days, like crazy, crazy days. And I got to a point where I had a Saturday off and I really didn't have anything to do. And um, that was the day that I, I had um, attempted and um, really thought about committing suicide. So it got to a point where I was in this really, really low and kind of dark and scary place. And I realized, okay, enough is enough. Yeah. I can't continue going the way that I'm doing because, um, it's, it's terrifying to, to have those thoughts and to have those feelings. So literally on that day, like I went to the grocery store and I completely overhauled my diet. Um, I cut, and this isn't necessarily like, like the best way to do it, but I cut like sugar, cold Turkey for a long time. Wow. Um, you know, <laughs> my protein, I up my fat. I know. That it, is it brave. Um, yeah. 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 But, but I realized, you know, at that particular moment, like, I had to do something because uh, the way that I was going, it just, it was not, not only only not sustainable, but like not something that I wanted to do because I knew that I wanted to continue to live and I knew I wanted to to continue to, to be in this world. So um, I really had to do some drastic changes, but that was kind of the pinnacle of, uh, of this lifestyle shift that I made. Yeah. 
Thank you for sharing that. And for listeners, I've shared this earlier on this season, but I recently lost my mom. And so for me, I've been definitely been going through those waves of like depression and anxiety, but being proactive with going to therapy and um, knowing what sort of like how Kayla mentioned the level one, level two, level three stressors and how they're manifesting and being accountable to myself. Um, and something that I realized is that like for, okay, I'm going to say for myself, but my family, we don't really go to doctors. We don't really like that. It's like, unless it's like a serious thing, there's no need to like regularly check in or, you know, see (laughs) specialists or anything like that. And so I've taken a proactive approach with making sure that all parts of my life are full and I am still taking a holistic approach with things and um, especially when it manifests physically. So thank you for touching on that and um, elaborating on that, Kayla. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that sometimes um, people don't necessarily think of it that way and, and really, you know, everything is interconnected. And that was a hard lesson that I needed to learn. Um, and so I really try to help people not, not make that same mistake. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and holistically about just like I saw this quote earlier that said about food being medicine so that you don't need to take medicine as food um and how like ways of like what you eat can affect you know of course you physically but also mentally and you know having holistic approaches to certain illnesses or issues that are going on with your body to a limitation of course but um having that approach is so important that you know food is something that is to fuel us and can also help heal and so being mindful of the ways that that can be incorporated in our lifestyle so when you said that you cut sugar out i was like that is awesome but that is so brave to go cold (laughs) turkey um (laughs) but it's just one of those ways you know that it can definitely be for the better so yeah (laughs) yeah and and i mean to give to give more context here like because i think that you know it sounds easy um i'll i guess i'll give an example of like it wasn't easy in the sense of like my typical lunch, let's just say for example, was, and, and this like continued from high school even into college a little bit. Mm-hmm. I tried to get better in college, but like my typical lunch was like a bagel, a bag of pretzels, apple juice, and uh, a granola bar. So oh, like geez. it was art, like I was already setting myself up for failure. So like literally for me cutting, and when I say I was cutting sugar, I cut, I cut like processed sugar mm-hmm. as well as like I lowered my, my processed carbon intake, but like I want to make sure that I level set here that it was not easy. Yeah. It took a long time for me to like really get to a good spot with it. But like that was my typical lunch. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is definitely not the healthiest. Um, so <laughs> thanks for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so going back to the first two topics about being choosy, about who you spend your time with and cultivating those conscious relationships, I think that – It's something that as you go through like your early to mid 20s and later on as you're approaching 30s, I think it's you're something that's more conscious about because you are taking a much more active role in cultivating your circle and opening yourself up to new friends and opportunities and relationships. And what are the ways that we can be you know kind of selfish with our time and also making sure that we're giving back to ourselves but then methods and ways to cultivate those conscious relationships that have a purpose and are reciprocal yeah i think the the hardest lesson that i needed to learn and uh, one of the the biggest things that 
really helped me shift to cultivating, you know, amazing relationships and uh, and things like that is I realized that particularly, and this is anything from like romantic relationships to like friendships is um, I was a direct reflection of anybody who I was spending my time with mm-hmm. um, to where I had, I had friendships where, um, you know, they were, um, they were super self-conscious and, you know, they were super, um, not necessarily like super self-conscious in the sense that like, um, they weren't, uh, that they had like a lot of self-doubt, but just more like they had a lot of things that they needed to work out. And there was a lot of like, not, and really like for the particular time I started to realize this is there's this constant, um, theme that I saw of like, okay, there's a lot of hurt of these people that are around me. And so what's happening is a lot of people around me are hurt. And so hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And so what I started to realize is I was like, okay, like, how, who am I surrounding myself with in the sense of like, are they eleva- are they ask- actually like trying to make themselves better? Because again, at the end of the day, if they try to make themselves better, that's a, a ripple effect to everybody else. But what I realized is that a lot of my relationships were kind of tearing me down. And mm. uh, a lot of people that I was spending my time with were energy vampires were like, it was to the point where once I would hang out with them, after I would leave, I would feel so much better as soon as I left. I'm like, wow. oh, I don't want to go hang out with them again. Yeah. And I would continue to do it because, uh, because I'm like, they're my friends or, you know, I'm in a relationship with them or what have you. And so I start, slowly started to say, okay, I don't feel good when I am, um, you know, talking to them or in the same space as them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to really, I had to get real with myself and say, okay, like if I want to feel better, again, if we're taking a holistic approach here, if I want to feel better, then I need to have a support circle of people around me that are not only elevating themselves, but are challenging their people that they're in relationships with, um, other people to be their best selves too. And I was missing that piece, but it's, it was a hard realization that I had to come to because again, there's some people that I've been friends with for a long time. And, um, and it's something where I was like, and then cut completely cut off the friendship or the relationship. But I said, look, like I'm, I'm in a different place and we're just in different places right now. So I slowly started to, to gravitate away towards it. And I also had, I mean, another big thing that I had to learn is that uh, certain relationships are um, are only meant for a certain period of time to teach you certain things, and that's mm-hmm. okay, and you can move on from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was difficult for me because um, I, I I'm a cancer son, and so like yeah. I really like stability, and I really like and I really value you know, loyalty, and I value you know family and like close friends and things like that. To where like if I have to part from that, it's very challenging and difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Um, to where like I would literally hold on. I, probably more than usual and more um, and probably more than I should, I, I cling on to things. And so it really, I was, it was a big test for me when I started realizing like the energy vampires and the people that weren't elevating um, with me to really kind of let those go. So at the end of the day, it was more, again, I realized that the relationships that I was keeping were a direct reflection of me. So I had to change you know, my boundaries and what I, what I you know, value in relationships to be able to cultivate those, that around me. And I want to touch on something that you said where you said that some people are just in our lives for certain reasons and seasons and that's okay. And I feel like in our culture today or like it's just kind of like in us where there has to be like this big fight or there has to be this reason why we kind of like break up with our friends or our girlfriends or um, even romantic relationships where it's like this happened and it ended when it's like instead sometimes no one is at fault and that relationship has run its course and that's something that I think that sometimes people are 
sort of hesitant to just accept. And I've definitely seen that even in just in my short time where I have seen those friendships and relationships where I'm just like, hey, like I learned so much from that experience and it didn't end like quote unquote badly or we didn't have this huge fight or like this person didn't do anything to me. But I just realized that that lesson that I needed to be taught is now over and it's time to move and continue on my path. Yeah, and I think it's something, again, when, when you start to to really understand, like, your, I mean, one piece for me that I really started to understand is what are my values and what are, um, and how am I, uh, how are my intentions supporting those values? And if, and one of my core values is growth. And if there are people around mm-hmm. me that aren't of that same growth mindset, then I'm literally contradicting my values and contradicting my intention towards those. So, um so again, it may be something where they're in a different season and you're in a different season. They may come back and they may say, you know what, you know, I have to do certain things and I want to get to, for this specific example, like I want to get into a growth mindset too down the line, but, and then you can continue that relationship. But again, like it's, I think the relationships are fluid. They's not linear. It's not mm. something where um, it, it's a, it's a straight line. There's, there's ebbs and flows. And, and I especially learned that because, you know, um, and I'm sure you can relate is, you know, if you're going through grief, if you're going through some sort of mourning, like that's going to be, you know, an ebb and flow as well. And, and there could be things that um, even like some of my best friends I didn't talk to for a really long time because I was going through my own grieving and mourning process. And they had said, you know, let me know anything you need, but I didn't need anything at, at that particular time. But they're still my friends and they're still yeah. um, a part of my life. It was just something that at that particular moment, it, it's not what I needed. So, yeah. it, it, again, to your point, like it's, it's not something that you need to hold on to just because the large society says you have to. So. Absolutely. And I think that that goes back to knowing yourself and what are like you actually pose that question of what are my values and I'll add another one and I'll say what are my non negotiables. And you know, these are the Mm. things that can help to guide whether it's platonic friendships and relationships or romantic relationships where you have that and you bring that to the table when you're weighing out whether to let someone into my life and how to continue to cultivate that conscious relationship. Um, and for me, as I'm going through the grieving process right now, like I'm totally with you where it's like, there's some people that I'm just like, Hey, like I just need to be my own zone and go through this, you know, right now. And Mm -hmm. we're going to rebound. We're going to circle back up when things are okay again. (laughs) But like the friends that really get it and the people that are in my life that definitely understand will still be there at the end of the day. Um, it's just what I need to do for myself. And that lets me think about the next point of like connecting with your highest self and being able to recognize who you are and understanding like, because I'm just thinking like as we're talking about this conversation, it looks so different for each person. And the things Mm -hmm. that we obviously, obviously like as humans, each person needs and wants a different thing. And so what are the ways to connect with our highest self and to have a better sense of who we are? Yeah, which is tough. <laughs> Wait, I can't. E- I can't even fully answer that question. I'm like, it's so like, <laughs> it's rooted in like for me, it's rooted in spirituality. It's rooted in my family. It's rooted in the things that I want. Like, it's so many things that, it, and sometimes it's like it connecting with my highest self doesn't look like for me. It it's not like it looks like a certain point in my life or I have to go to a certain place to quote unquote connect. Um, it's how I approach things and how I look at life because of those shared experiences that I've had and those values that I have spiritually and emotionally and with family. And so, yeah, I can't fully even answer that question because 
it looks different for each person and, and also based on their experiences, of course, and, you know, their moral compass, but... Yeah, I, I think with the highest self, and I think there, <laughs> there's so many different ways to be able to connect, but, um, you know, what I, what I really come back to and something that's really helped to ground me and be able to um, get me into a place that I can understand that a little bit better is, you know, what I just talked about in terms of, like, what are my values? And that took me a long time to figure out, like, and in terms of values, I think that sometimes we could say, oh, I want, like, people to be loyal or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, The way that I frame it is I think of what am I committing myself to? So, for example, I said growth. So I commit to growth. Anything and everything that I do to make me my highest self, I commit to some sort of growth. Um, And so, you know, my other values are a commitment to love, a commitment to um, a commitment to, um, I'm forgetting my own values now, <laughs> a commitment to love, a commitment to truth, a commitment to uh, sustainability, and a commitment to community. So any and everything that I do at that, at that, at this point, you know, whether it's, you know, deciding to go to the grocery store that day to, you know, what relationships I have in my life, at the end of the day, I turn back to my values and say, okay, these are the values that I have in place to make them my highest self because I know what that highest self is and I can like really, I can visualize it, but I need to activate that and I need to actually do things on a daily basis to activate my highest mm-hmm. self. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if there are things that I'm doing that are out of alignment with my highest self, it's usually because they're contradicting one of my core values. So mm-hmm. I would say the, the first thing, that I would do is understand what your values are. You know, what are you making a commitment to yourself every single day that you're doing? And I would make a list of like 20 of them. I'd make like a list of like (laughs) three to five of like things that you can continually practice every single day to where if you're, and you'll feel if you're out of alignment in some capacity, like if you're doing something that goes against your values, like you're literally like, oh, okay, this is going against, you know, my commitment to, to truth or whatever it is. Um, so if you're out of alignment with your truth, then everything else is going to kind of be out of whack. So I would say that's kind of where to start and how you start thinking about it and actively practicing that every single day. Absolutely. Um, and as I'm, you're talking about tapping more, I'm as I'm thinking, just tapping more into wellness and tapping into what are, and asking ourselves, prompting ourselves those questions in order to connect with our highest self. I have a question and I'm curious, you know, for us as women of color, does our journey look different? Um, that I'm asking a lot. I'm asking a lot of loaded questions today. But <laughs> I was like, I I'm totally going there. But does our journey look different as women of color? Because I think, you know, for me as an African immigrant, as a black woman there's certain issues just looking just thinking about like physical health there's certain health issues and diseases and infections that black women are more prone to and so i am very aware of that working in a corporate space of certain conditions and things that happen to black women because of you know our physical environment and so i'm very aware of that and so i take that holistic approach and i take my sanity and my wellness very seriously because I'm like, I'm not about to put myself in XYZ position. Like, I'm not about to be stressed out, you know. I'm not about to have all these other issues or whatever because I'm aware of the certain things that face my demographic and how my journey might look different. Um, So I'm going to pose that question and leave that there. (laughs) Yeah. Um... (laughs) So to answer your question simply, yes, 
I, I am of the belief that we have a lot more things that we have to deal with. Um, is, should it be that way? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, we're, we're in a place as women of color that we really need to ensure that we are thinking about all of the things that could be impacting our health and wellness because there's so many more things working against us. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, you know, to your point, if there are things we're more, more predisposed to, whether, you know, as a black woman, as a Latin, uh, Latina um, or even Asian women, like there are certain things that we just need to be aware of. And I think, you know, going back to the stress component of it, um, we have a lot more to be stressed about um, yeah. in the sense of, you know, just living in America every day, um, you know, dealing with, with some of the, the microaggressions that, that we have, whether it's at work, whether it's, you know, plucking in the grocery store, there are so many other things that you know, can impact, I think more specifically, um, our mental health yes. uh, that kind of trickles down into the physical manifestation of, you know, diabetes, heart disease, all that, all that stuff. So I think from, and really from a mental health standpoint too, it's, it's, Another piece of, uh, is a big piece that I mentioned is because a lot of our communities uh, kind of look down on it. Um, and there's this, you know, overarching view of if you're, if you go to therapy, you're crazy mm-hmm. in some sense. Um, if, you, if you support your mental health in any capacity, then, then you have you know, some sort of mental illness. And again, you're crazy. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot more we need to destigmatize, um, which is a little bit more work because, again, there's, there's this generational trauma <laughs> that we have. And. Um, there's a lot that we have to work through, and not only are we working through it, but there are some um, preconceived notions about what it means to actually work through that. So it's kind of this like double-edged sword, and 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 really like manifests and everything. And particularly as women of color, you know, we are um, the supporters of our families. We are the, the epicenters of, of all the family-related yeah. uh, stuff. And so there's a lot, a lot, a lot that falls on us, unfortunately, to where like it gets to a point where we need to make sure that we're good before everybody else is good. And it's a little bit of a shift um, from like previous generations. And, and really it's something that I think a lot, not a lot of people are, are comfortable with um, in terms of, you know, getting that into or really like understanding that piece, but it's so important for us. And in this particular generation to like really shift the narrative, which is another stressor on us. But mm-hmm. um, I would say it's something that it, it's, unfortunately something we have to continue to to talk about and be aware of um because we don't want it to manifest into all the other things that you know we're already predisposed to so (laughs) this is my long-winded answer of saying yes (laughs) absolutely no thank you for touching on that and you know as you mentioned generational curses and things like that where it's like we're working so hard (laughs) to be intentional about our journeys and what our experiences look like whether it's professionally whether it's personally with our relationships whether it's financially and making sure that we are like it's like even it's like you it's it sucks because we have to work so much harder to make sure that Mm -hmm. it goes the way it's supposed to um and that we want it to um and so i was like okay i gotta ask for that question because i already know that it looks different but you know wanted to get your stake on it and see what you thought about it (laughs) yeah and it's something that you know and and really like one of the main reasons i started my podcast was because I want more representation in the, in the health and wellness space for, mm-hmm. for people to literally look to. Because even when I started, when I started my health and wellness journey, um, I didn't see a lot of people that looked at like me. So, yeah. you know, I really hid a lot of the stuff that I was doing. Again, let's just 
for example, like binge eating because I thought that was a white woman's thing or mm-hmm. that was a white person's thing because I didn't see, my, my friends weren't talking about it. I didn't see like a lot of uh, people in the mainstream media talking about it. So it's like, okay, am I the only one that's going through this? And that becomes even more problematic. So, you know, all, and not only my podcast, but like my platforms in general, I just make sure that there's overall representation in the space so that people don't have to feel like that, and particularly women of color. So I can, I can get on a soapbox about this for, for a long time, but no, I, I think it's super important for sure. Absolutely. And thank you. And you already talked about your motivation behind creating the podcast, but can you talk a little bit for our listeners that don't know what Women Creating Calm is and what your intention is behind that community? Yeah, so I have been health coaching, and and really, again, the the reason I got into health coaching is I don't want people to make the same mistakes I did, Um, and I really want to make sure that people are only dealing with, like, level one issues or, like, maybe even maybe level two. Um, and not get to get to the, the place that I did. So I'm really, so really, you know, I've been one-on-one coaching for about a year and a half, two years at this point. But what I also realized is that um, there are a lot of people, and particularly a lot of women um, in the corporate space or even like um, in the entrepreneurial space where these high-performing women are um, starting to get some of these symptoms that I had. And there's a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of them out there. And so um, I had shifted a little bit of my practice to, include some group coaching because I also want to make sure that I can reach more people, but then also be able to create a community of women who are, you know, going through similar things that, you know, can literally bounce ideas off of each other and, um, and, you know, talk about the things that they're going through. Because I think that, you know, talking about things in and of itself is super therapeutic. Um, And just knowing that you're not alone is is incredibly important. So uh, my Women Creating Calm program is specifically um, for that group aspect of, um, you know, it's everything from, again, what you mentioned before in my bio is food, um, movement, lifestyle, toxins, relationships. You know, we kind of run the gamut, and I think it's something that I really make sure that I take a holistic approach because a lot of programs out there right now are just focusing specifically on food and, like, exercise. And um, I really want to be able to teach, um, you know, corporate and entrepreneurial um, high-performing women that, it's a holistic approach and to make sure that, you know, we're thinking about it holistically. So um, that was kind of the root of, of my, uh, my program. Awesome. And I just love the emphasis is on community. And so making sure that women can talk to other women and learn from our experiences mutually. And also from your experiences in the past, how you want um, us to be more conscious about and to avoid. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And for our listeners, um, thank you, Kayla, because she gave away an offer um, that listeners of this episode can get $200 off of the e-course in the group coaching program. And so I will drop the information in the podcast bio and link information below. And so you all can get more information about that. Um, as we end the episode, Kayla, is there anything else that you would like to touch on or leave our listeners with as we end this episode? I think the, the biggest thing that I would say is I, <laughs> I think we talked about a lot of heavy topics yeah. um, and, and things for, for your listeners to think about. But one thing I would say is that if you are on any sort of journey, if you are in any sort of place that you are you know, starting your journey in the middle of it, um, maybe even really trying to figure things out, Make sure you're giving yourself grace and making sure mm-hmm. that you are, you know, celebrating your small wins every day. Um, because I think that in particular, um, 
women, we, we get, we are, we, we are really hard on ourselves. So I want to make sure that I touch on if there's anything that you're going through right now, if there's anything that you are, you know, working to get better at in any capacity, give yourself grace and make sure you're celebrating those small wins because I know it's not easy. And, um, I see everybody out there that's, that's, you know, continue to do the work because the work is not easy. So that's what I'm done. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm going to take that note of giving myself grace as well and um, giving myself that space to breathe a little bit. Um, thank you so much, Kayla, for joining us on this episode. Uh, listeners, like I said, I will drop the information below. Kayla, what's your Twitter, like Instagram handles? I'm going to drop that as well, but if you just want to give yourself a quick shout out. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So you can find me on Instagram at Kayla Nedza, and you can find me, um, or find the podcast on Instagram at Wellness Globe Podcast, and then you can check out me, or you can check me out on my website, KaylaNedza.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, listeners. And remember, it's your life.